All right, we are accepting calls this hour from time travelers only. If you have traveled in time or you are presently a traveler to this time, then we want to hear from you. Otherwise, the phone lines are closed, but for that group, they are certainly open. Uh, with that in mind, uh, top of the morning to you on the wild card line. You are on the air. Hello. Hello. here on hackerhameen.podbeam.com on the infinitefringe.podbeam.com overall truth frequency radio 7 p.m. Eastern iHeartRadio TuneIn Radio anywhere else you can hear my voice what is going on my name is Billy Ray Valentine and Iconic what's up Iconic how you doing anyway listen I got my boy here with me from across the pond and we're gonna talk some stuff we tried this about I don't know I want to say about a month ago at this point and it didn't work because my computer sucks and my computer still sucks but I've worked some things around, so hopefully it works out. It sounds great right now. My boy, my dude, Neil Sanders is here uh, to grace us with his presence and drop some knowledge on each and every one of us. What's up, Neil? What's going on, bro? I'm good, thanks, man. Thank you very much for inviting me back on the show. And thank you for taking the time coming back on, quite frankly. Uh, it's always, yeah. a pleasure, man. always a pleasure. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. Obviously, I'm, I'm working from home. I'm, um, you know, not enjoying the lockdown like everybody's not enjoying the lockdown. But, um, you know, it, it's strange times at the minute, isn't it, really, basically? Yeah, it, it, the things are loosening up, right? Uh, or have loosened up quite a bit, right? They're saying they're, that the, the country's open again here in the States. But there's rumors, right? And, so, and there's rumors over in the UK, too, of, yeah. of shutdown, local shutdowns, local yeah. lockdowns. Like, they're talking about Florida and Texas and Arizona and California. And the States keep growing every day. Hey, this one's getting worse, this one's getting worse, this one's getting worse, and they want to lock down. And I know Boris Johnson said something very similar not too long ago about the UK and the potential lockdowns in uh, in towns, like in isolated towns that are uh, heavily affected. What's up? Yeah, they're just trying to they're just trying to resisting the, the full lockdown. Because this is the one of the things that basically people a lot of people get bent out of shape on this and think the whole point of this, the whole purpose of this was for the lockdowns, the tyrannical lockdowns. Right. Um, but they really wasn't, really, because if you look at the American um, uh, government and you look at the UK government, particularly look at Brazil and places like that, they actively resisted the lockdown for weeks. They went against the scientific advice and they actively resisted it. In Florida, they went so far as to sack a nurse that was telling the truth about the figures. What they're doing is what they're doing in England as well. Because the swab test goes up your nose and down your mouth, if that was negative, they count it as two negative, uh, two tests and two negative results. If it was positive, they count it as one test and one positive result. So therefore, they were duping the stats to make it look like, um, look like basically they, they were doing a lot, lot better than they were. And these were the stats that were published that Ron DeSantis, um, basic, that DeSantis used 
to make the case for reopening Florida. Met in Florida, right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, he was lying. He was totally lying. You see, and, and this is exactly the same thing that they're doing in the UK. Now, what Boris Johnson's trying to do at the minute is he's basically saying, oh, there's a second wave coming from Europe. There's a second wave coming from Europe. And the, the, the lie is that basically all the pockets of resurgence in Europe are from British tourists going over there and spreading it over there. But what Boris Johnson is trying to do is he's trying to basically blame Europe so that so that it's not really his fault. If we're being brutally, brutally honest, this isn't a second wave. The UK never got out of the first wave. We just right. stopped testing people. Like we're, we're getting like the official figures at the minute is 800 new cases a day. If you look at ONS stats, it's actually somewhere between two and a half thousand and four thousand new cases a day, and we're still getting recorded. Um, uh, 500 deaths a week um, and so this is the problem is it, you know it's not eradicated but the governments that suspiciously are run by right-wing corporate leading uh, business orientated people decided that they wanted to try and pretend this wasn't happening just wing it and save the economy and the knockoff of that was that basically a lot of vulnerable and elderly people died and frankly i don't think they cared that a lot of elderly and vulnerable people died because elderly and vulnerable right. people tend to cost the government money and so if that is the collateral damage from from and i'll tell you what it's all about it's all about not bailing people out right because they have the money to bail out small businesses they have the money to bail out everybody they could pay you to sit at home and we just wait this out until basically it's eradicated they don't want to do that they don't want to put their hands in their pockets there's innumerable occasions where banks and oil come you know the oil uh -huh. nobody's using oil at the same rate let, let me get in here hold that hold that thought I, I never thought of it that way um so what you're saying is wow 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 i never thought of it that way man it, all right you're familiar with aoc alexandra ocasio cortez here right I, I don't necessarily subscribe to a lot of the things that she says, but man, she's winning my respect every day because she doesn't give a shit. She'll just say what she says. Yes. And, and she said a few months ago, she goes, this is the only country in the world where we say, hey, um, let's free our people. Let's get them back to work. Yeah. She yeah. said that. And it was such a deep statement, man. You know, and it went over everybody's head because it's been politicized. Right. So anything AOC says, oh, my God, it's disgusting. She's the left. Uh, awful. Anything Trump says, oh, my God, it's Trump. It's the right. It's been politicized to that manner. And so has COVID. So it yeah. went over people's heads. But to say, hey, they're free. Go back to work. That doesn't make sense. Makes sense. Well, it's a position as a binary choice, hasn't it? Basically, you've got two choices. You stay at home and be a slave and, uh, and, and all the tyranny and whatnot, or you go to work. And the, the point is that if you go to work, what has been shown, basically not even going to work, just going to the beach and stuff like that, what's been shown is that basically there's still an infectious virus out there and people are catching it. Like, but it shouldn't be that binary choice. The, the simple way to do it is, you know, we're not actually using that much oil at the minute. Why are we still subsidizing the oil companies? Do you know how much we subsidize oil companies for, right? And by what, what we mean by subsidize is basically taxpayer money that goes directly to oil companies to help them basically be, uh, you know, be profitable and be, be, you know, that's the idea that it's a sort of co-op type thing. What it does is it just goes into their vast, vast profits. Um, we subsidize in the UK, I think it's 20 billion 
got 20 billion pounds a year that the, the taxpayer money just goes to the oil companies and just into their back pockets there's similar things with the banking industry there's numerous industries where basically that happens we could make jeff bezos pay tax on amazon we could make we could make microsoft or google pay tax what we could do is we could say anybody that's got an offshore bank account Sorry, not at the minute, you, you're not allowed to do that. If you're doing that, you're not trading in this country because you're not helping. Put it back here so that our banks can earn that interest and you can pay tax. Yeah. There's numerous ways that we could solve this problem. But what everybody's decided to do is basically rather than look at ways to, to solve it, as use these, as you quite rightly said, as political sort of weapons. And it fundamentally boils down to one thing. Pretending that nothing is happening right? Pretending there is no virus and that nobody's got ill and that nobody's died. And we're going to come into that because basically this is the crap that has been spouted like in our particular milieu. And there's several reasons for this, right? Okay. Right. And it goes, there's, there's a gamut, right? Okay. There's the people that basically are now saying basically like terrain theory and they don't believe that viruses exist or have ever existed. And come on, I mean, whatever. But that's just stupid, isn't it? Like you've had a virus, you've seen people with viruses. Every single terrain person, uh, theory person I do, I offer them the same documentary. I know this girl, she's got HIV. I'm very sure we could persuade you to do some experiments with her to prove that you cannot catch it. And then what we're going to do with that is we're going to take you and we're going to show you to the big pharma and all the people in the third world who are beholden to AIDS medicine and stuff. And you're going to show them that there's no need for that. I'm going to stick it to the man. No one wants to do my documentary where they have sex, unprotected sex with the HIV positive girl. <laughs> I don't know why. Like, it's almost as if they don't actually believe it. Right, right. No, it makes sense. Put your money where your mouth is, right? Absolutely, like, man. Like this is what I keep saying. Like, and nobody's quite willing to back it up. And it's based on nonsense. It's based on frauds like Stefan Lanka and and erroneous, made-up quotes from uh, Louis Pasteur, uh, who apparently on his deathbed said, "Oh, the terrain is everything." The, the, no, and, and aside from the fact that he didn't, and even in the book that claims that he did, he doesn't say that in the book. This is a totally made-up thing. If Henry Ford on his deathbed said, cars don't exist, you know, would that mean <laughs> that cars didn't exist, right? <laughs> no, of course it wouldn't. Right. You've got to go back and look at all the thousands and thousands of different sort of experiments that have been done. Then there's people basically who've just sort of like come to terrain theory quite recently. And, and this is going to sound quite harsh, but it needs to be said. Uh, be, feel free to there? be as harsh as you want to be. Go ahead. Well, I'm not trying to be rude, but I'm going to be honest. Like what's going on there is that basically people are terrified, right? There's something that goes along in the human brain where uncertainty is the most horrible thing that, that can, can happen, basically. A, 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 an unfinished loop, not knowing. Have you ever heard the expression like the fear of death is worse than death itself? I think it's from a Steven Seagal film, actually. But, <laughs> but, uh, <laughs> but anyway, the point still stands. Um, and so a lot of people are like, oh, Virus, eh? Killer virus. Ah, that's a bit bit worrying. Even if they've not had any sort of experience of it, the, the low-level background noise and stress is there. Well, this bloke on the internet, he says that viruses don't exist. Does he? Does he now? Okay, well, if this bloke on the internet says that this virus doesn't exist, that no viruses exist, then this virus doesn't exist, which means, ah, that's one less thing to worry about, isn't it? Right, right. That is childish, right? Okay, that is literally the adult version of hiding under your duvet from the monsters under your bed, right? <laughs> right. 
grow up. Just bit of bit of self examination and just understand why you're acting in this way. Right? Okay, and I, and I totally get it. Right. So let's go on to the vibes. Right. Okay. Because I I do understand why some people still might be skeptical as to whether this actually exists purely on the fact that they haven't personally come into contact with somebody that's had it. Right. And that's the big thing. Right. That's yes. that's the big thing. There's it, it hasn't affected every area of the world it's been concentrated in some you know mm -hmm. so people say hey i don't see it it's nonsense and you know they they're entitled to feel that type of way i feel because they're they have to wear masks they have to do all this other thing that they don't want to do and they don't see any evidence backing up what these people are saying so it, yeah. you know, the, the, the mind works that way go ahead no, no, I tell you that you, you've absolutely nailed it there. Uh, now, the adult way to look at it is go basically, yeah, but I've never seen a panda, right? Okay, but people that I trust have seen pandas and they tell me about these pandas. And so, you know, by that, and everyone's going to go, oh, you've just fallen for the mainstream media, Neil, haven't you? Oh, God, we knew that you were a shill. And it's like, no, actually, what <laughs> happened is that basically I spoke to you and I spoke to another guy that I know in New York and I spoke to my, my uh, watch me humble brag here, my <laughs> literary agent in Italy. Um, and they were terrified, absolutely terrified. And this was ages ago. This was absolutely months ago. Yeah. And I also, by complete happenstance, right, the person that lives next door to my mum uh, is the chief anesthesiologist at City Hospital in Nottingham. And right. she's been intubating people. Like my my good best friend's wife uh, right. is a nurse, and she's basically been um, working in a COVID ward. Um, and then my other really great friend's uh, wife um, is, is a biochemist, and she's been working in laboratories trying to figure out what on earth is going off with this thing. And so I've had personal interaction. I sadly know some people who have passed because of this and other people that have been very, very badly affected. Um, and, and so that's where I'm getting my knowledge of it, not from the mainstream, because I think that the mainstream is lying, but not in the way that everyone else thinks that the mainstream is lying, which we'll, we'll call on to later. Right. So what happened? Well, and again, I don't wish to be rude, but it is slightly silly and a bit cowardly that basically what happened was four months ago when this first happened, um, you had two choices. I get it. People have got content to put out. People have got to be on here and they've got to have an opinion. And there was nothing else happening because the entire world was getting shut down. When a, when a pandemic happens, you've got two choices. You can either say, well, it's going to kill everybody, isn't it? Like doomsday prep. Or you can go the other route and say, well, this is made up. And I get why people did, right? Because at the beginning, it, people weren't dying and they lied to us about SARS-1 and they lied to us about bird flu and they lied to us about swine flu and they lied. Well, they didn't lie. Yes, they did. They lied. They overhyped it. They, and, and basically, so we're prepped. So now we're suspicious to the point where anything that comes out of the mind, we've, we've got that angle. The problem is... So basically, this has got an incubation period of about two weeks. Then you're ill for about two weeks. Then you're on a ventilator for about four weeks. It can take months for this to actually kill you. And so the problem was that by January, February, March, everyone's going, look at the figures, look at the figures, look at the figures. April comes around and the figures go through the roof. And rather than everybody go like, oh, something is actually happening. I've had new information. I'm going to examine it. Instead, they did all the mental gymnastics to say why this isn't actually a thing. And they started off by basically saying, oh, it's a, it doesn't exist. It's never been isolated. That's just simply not true. 
Like it's been like, you can't get the genome without isolating it. The while they do, they've cultured it, which is one of Cox postulates, onto um, monkey kidneys, spun it down, and basically then they've found that um, that, 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 that the what's left over, they know the genome that's from the, the from the thing. What's left over is the is the virus. That's isolation. These pictures of it being isolated on the, the those those kidney um, uh, cells reacting and causing a symptomatic response uh, in it. It's been isolated over 2,000 times in one particular study in, uh, in Edinburgh. It's been isolated in Australia. It's been isolated everywhere. Now, what this came from is that basically people, um, somebody who we'll come on to in a minute, said that, oh, in this one uh, paper in the New England Medical Journal, it says that we did not fulfill Koch's postulates. And it's like, you're absolutely right, they didn't fulfill Koch's postulates. They've told you. If that was sort of a big, like, oh my God, like a big gotcha, why would they tell you? And basically, they just ran with that and said, like, oh, look, it's never been fully gone through the six stages, uh, of which isolation is one of the ones which was in that paper. But let's not get bogged down. Facts, Billy will be here. <laughs> like, since then, it's been transfected through monkeys, it's been transfected through mice, it's been transfected through llamas, it's been transfected through guinea pigs, I believe. and some other weird animal but basically they even know what type of monkey affects the worst they know that basically macaques can't get reinfected but it affects older uh, monkeys rather than it does younger monkeys um, and and this is the thing and, and so that was just nonsense and so people started to say things like oh it's just the flu or these are the flu stats I've looked up the flu stats. 17,000 a year die in the UK. We're on 46,000. Actually, we're on 67,000. But again, we'll come on to that later. So 17,000, and we've already had 8,000 flu deaths recorded this year, and we've not had winter yet, which means that in the UK, flu is absolutely normal, probably even higher than normal. So you can't say that we're, that we're swapping out flu deaths for other deaths. Interesting. Say in America. Same in America, highest number of uh, flu deaths in the, in the last 20 years was 60,000 people in one year. And they've had about half of that, I think. And I'm not certain of that, but basically, you know what the, 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 the death toll is. It's 148,000 people, which means, again, it can't be the flu, can it? Right? It just simply can't. And then they started saying, oh, well, it's obviously doctors murdering people. And it's like, no, it's not doctors murdering people. It's just that you're trying harder and harder not to admit that you were wrong four months ago. You said that no one was going to die. You said that this wasn't the flu. You said that it wasn't a, um, a thing. And now you just don't have the courage to say, you know what? I was wrong. I'm sorry. I was wrong. I understand why I uh, went down this path but you were completely wrong. So all this nonsense about the virus not existing or not being isolated is just ignoring reality. Like it has been, it's been transfected. It, we know how it works. It definitely kills more people than the flu. Now everyone's gonna start going on about actually, yeah, but everyone's dying with comorbidities and then they're gonna talk about the death certificate. So don't panic, I'm gonna cover all of this. Like, the comorbidities thing is because COVID-19, the disease that is caused by the virus SARS-CoV-2, it doesn't kill you. But there's the thing, nobody's ever claimed that it kills you. But here's the other thing, AIDS doesn't kill you. Right? Flu doesn't actually kill you. Like what happens is that basically you know, it creates the circumstances in your body where your body either has no immune system because the immune system is, is so taken on by 
trying to fight this new disease that it doesn't know how to cope with, that some other thing that you were coping with previously, like diabetes or high blood pressure or something like that, basically kills you because it's suddenly too much for your system. Or alternatively, your body starts to attack itself, and what happens is it's called a cytokine um, uh, response, and your lungs fill with this fluid. Now, this fluid is distinct from any other pneumotic fluid in the world. It doesn't really respond to uh, antibiotics, and it's full of blood clots. So yeah. actually, people, so yeah, and, and and the thing that people don't realise as well is that basically, once you actually recover from this. It's got lasting uh, problems. A friend of mine on, on my Facebook. Right, page. right, right. That, that's that's the thing I did want to get into, and yeah. speak a little bit about uh, the lasting problems. Because, all right. So the thing is, right. Um, I want your thoughts on this, right? Like, from what I from what I'm seeing here, uh, uh, there's a lot of people that caught it that were able to to um, uh, get better. You know, um, and, and some people are asymptomatic, right? And then the test, they got false positives, they got false negatives, they're all over the place, right? Mm-hmm. So we'll, come on to that, yeah. we'll talk about that, yeah. And then, and then um, you know, so some of the people that get this thing, they don't really, it's, it doesn't appear to be severe, yeah. right? It doesn't appear to be severe at all. No, it's just and, like and, a cold and then, yeah, you get right. over it. I mean, it, I know, see, because uh, I, I was... Uh, it's documented here. You can go back and listen to any episode of the infinite fringe. I said, Hey, take it easy. Relax. Let's see what this is. Then I said, Hey, this is probably bullshit. It's probably the flu. Uh, that's all. Then I, and I always said, do your own research and I reserve the right to change my mind on this. Then I came back and said, listen, I think I underestimated this thing. All right. It's not the flu. <laughs> it's not the flu. Now, um, uh, how how severe is it in, in comparison to the flu? I don't know if it's lower. Well, or less than, look, I'm sure you. I'm sure you have answers for that. <laughs> but um, um, but uh, it's not the flu. Like it has a totally different set of uh, of issues, especially if you get if you get more onto with time. I, I mean, if if it, the longer it, it it persists and and the sicker you get. You get some issues with this thing. Some people yeah. will. It, it will be just like the flu for, for a lot of people. But it's not. This is something else. This is something else. And, and did it come out of a bioweapons lab? I don't know. We could talk all about that. But this thing is something else. All right. And um, I'm afraid. This is what I'm afraid of. I'm not necessarily afraid of the virus now. And I know you're not either. You no. know, you, you've said many times, you know, this is a thing. We, I just want you to know that it's a thing. You know, yeah. um, and we can all live and we can, and it's not going to kill you. It's not that bad, but it is a thing that we need to keep our eyes on. Yeah, we need to not pretend that it's not a thing because right. basically, although that's in the short term psychologically comforting, it's just ignoring reality. Now, just to give like, like flu, mortality rate of flu, 0.01%. Mortality rate of COVID worldwide, 4%. Now, Everyone's going to say, everyone's running around saying 99.9% recovery rate. Where the hell are you getting that from? Go and look at the number of infected and find out what the percentage of uh, what it is. Go on percent calculator. Number of, uh, number of dead as a percentage of the number of infected. I'm telling you now, you can go on Worldometer. They actually give you the percentage on there. In India, it's 3%. Like, that's, that's more than the flu. 
And so it's just, it's not, not a thing. This is, this is the point. And everyone's like, I don't understand why nobody's basically just willing to say, they just keep doubling down and doubling down and doubling down. And like, there be people screaming at the radio again, but Neil, what about the death certificates? They've been falsifying the death certificates. It's like, now they haven't been falsifying the death certificates at all. Right, that's simply not true. Uh, there's two ways of recording deaths, right? Okay, uh, in regards to this, you've got IO7 codes, and this is international. IO71 means that you've died and tested positive, and you've died in either a hospital or a care home setting. And the international standard is that the IO71 is the number that you put out. So 148,000 in America, 48,000 in the UK, that is the IO71. An IO-72 is somebody that's suspected of having the disease when they died. And the reason that you do that is because basically somebody might have presented symptoms, but you didn't get a chance to have a test, or maybe had a bit of a tickly cough or whatever, and died, even of, a, of, of an asthma attack or whatever, because as I say, it's an immune suppression that causes your body to basically kill you. Um, and so we, we might have an infected corpse here. We also might basically be able to sort of garner some knowledge about how the virus works, who it affects and where it was, how it spread by, by making a note of the fact that that person could have had the disease. But regardless, they're the IO72s. They don't get added onto that figure. So you've actually got three figures, right? You've got IO71, which in the UK is 45,000, right? 46,000, I think. IO72 added, which takes it up to 55,000, right, or 50,000, I believe. Um, and then you've got excess death, which is currently floating just under 70,000. Now, the excess death is the number of people who've died more than the five-year average thus far in this year. So basically, in the UK, we've had 70-odd thousand people die more than would be usual for an average year, okay? If they wanted, right, to scare you, to hype this, to inflate the numbers, why wouldn't they use the, they've got two higher numbers than the number they use. Why would they choose to use the lower number, right? That's not going to scare you. It doesn't make sense. This whole concept of the basically the, the, the lockdown being the whole point of it, it really doesn't make sense because as we said, like, the USA, they, they resisted it. They, uh, in England, we resisted I, I want to show you something. I want to show you something. Just, just because I thought that initially, when, when, this, when this went down, all right, so let's, let's be fully transparent and honest about this. Nobody's ever seen something like this before. No one. No one alive. I, I don't think anybody alive has seen the shutdown of the world. Right? Yeah. So when this was going down, and I live here in NYC. Yeah. And I have people telling me, you know, people that I know that uh, participate in, in, in military circles, right? And they're telling me, hey, listen, get ready, bro. Get ready. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? You know, and, um, and then I'm seeing in the news, they're talking about bring the military and bring the military in. So I'm thinking it was all about the lockdown. That's what I was thinking initially. And, yeah. and I have it here and I'll never forget it. And I want to show you, I'll, I'll never... I will never erase this from my phone. I'm actually going to save it somewhere because I, I, I was told that everything was going to be quarantined in New York City. The New York City was going to be shut down from the rest of the world. They were going to cut everything off. And, and, um, and I was like, really? And, uh, you know, I started, you know, warning people. I'm like, hey, this is going to go down. Mm -hmm. And, and uh, it didn't. 
thankfully. You know, it, it's been a, a soft lockdown here, but yeah. n- nothing to, to the degree that was going to happen. But I keep it on my phone just to remind myself how close we came to that. You know, now I'm going to show you right now. It's just breaking news from Fox News. It came, it came up on my, on my phone. Trump to consider imposing quarantine on New York, New Jersey, and Connecticut in response to the coronavirus. I got it right here, right? Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and I was like, man, I'm so glad that didn't happen. And I'm glad I was wrong about that. Yes. I thought it was going to go down. And I was like, oh, my God, right? And it, it, I mean, it changed. And the world did get locked down. And yes. New York got locked down. But it wasn't to the extremity that I thought it was. And then I started looking at it. And I'm like, okay, this clearly isn't because of a lockdown. And people were talking even further, uh, like as, as time passed, they were talking about, hey, it's, it's going to be all martial law. And while there are elements of martial law going on, it's not full on martial law. This isn't about that, in my opinion. This is about something more, uh, more elaborate, more it's further down the road or whatever it is. What are you thinking? Well, I think that the simplest uh, way of looking at it is that there's a pandemic going on and governments are simply ballsing up the response. Like I was watching a, a conversation on Facebook today. Someone was saying to this guy, are you going to be wearing your slave mask? Are you going to be wearing your face covering? And the bloke said, no, I won't because I live in New Zealand and we sorted this out weeks ago by taking it seriously. So we don't need to wear masks now because everything's back to normal. Mm. That's my take on it. That governments like decided to ignore it. They decided not to lock down until they absolutely had to. And then basically um, they resisted it. And the reason that we're going to basically perhaps go back to another lockdown is because they came out of it far too early. They wanted to wing it. They, they, they basically don't care. As we were saying earlier, it's, it's the Heritage Foundation, the Koch brothers, the Mercers, they're behind the go stop the lockdown um, uh, protests. Right, they're right. The people that are behind the film Admitted. hospitals. Admittedly. Yeah. yeah, admittedly, absolutely. They're the people who are paying for um, the frontline doctors. The CNP are paying this. Uh, John Brissom uh, I, I was, did a great show on it the other day. It's big business that is trying to undermine the lockdown. And, and we said right at the beginning, the reason that they're doing this is because that basically they don't want to stick their hands in their pockets and they don't mind using you as a canary in the coal mine to go out there. Because they don't care if a few plebs die. They don't also care if your business goes out of uh, 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 business. But as we discussed at the beginning, there are ways and means out of that. It's not a binary problem. Um, just going back to the sort of the way the disease works as well, uh, Kevin McCann and people like that have been pointing out that it seems to be getting into people's brains and it seems to be making them act in very strange ways. Either they sort of bounce about and stuff like that, or they get into fights, or they absentmindedly lick and spit things. Now, Right. Have you seen the pictures of the, of the virus under uh, the, the electron micrograph with the tentacles? Right. The tentacles come out of it like, like in the thing. Okay. <laughs> and this thing gets into your brain. It, it stays asymptomatic. So you don't know you've got it. Then you go out and all of a sudden your inhibitions are down because it's in your brain. You start spitting and licking and that's, then it passes on. It's almost, that's war of the worlds type intelligent shit. That's, that's a better conspiracy than it doesn't exist. That it's actually like sentient or something. Come on, we can do that one. That would be better. Like, but but <laughs> yeah, this, this is the point. It, and it's, um, yeah, it's, it, it's just, 
silly that people are basically ignoring the the facts i mean as you say every answer to this has it ever been proven to be shown you show me a picture of it yeah all of this as we said at the beginning the the existence of the virus is not even debatable um, and so it's irresponsible for people to be saying that it doesn't exist and it's irresponsible for people to be saying that the tests don't work uh, because they do work they just simply do work all of the like one of the there's a, there's a quote flying flying around right okay from Carrie Mullis the inventor of the PCR you know the swab test and it says basically this test is not suitable for um, uh, for picking up viruses or for, for diagnosing viruses and the problem is that that's not a real quote it's made up it's completely made up what Carrie Mullis actually said was the complete opposite he said this when he was basically putting the patent in for this uh, this machine like right? basically or this device. Um, he said, yeah, this is, um, th this is for qualitative um, testing of virus particles so that we can detect viruses. Now, people get all bent out of shape because basically they say, but Neil, it says on the CDC website that these aren't suitable for diagnostic measures. And it's like, do you understand what that means? What that means is that's not the be all and end all, right? Okay, because Actually, PCR tests, you stick one in the nose and you stick one in the mouth, right, okay? Now, if you miss the site of infection, because it's either in the brain, further down into the lungs, or you go to the wrong site, then you don't pick it up. So PCRs, despite the lie that has been put around with absolutely zero source evidence at all, saying that they're 80% false positives, they actually give 30% false negative, which is why they're always, always backed up with a blood test or to either look for proteins, antigens, um, or, and in some cases antibodies, but our antibody tests at the minute is really, really poor. There's also ways of testing for the disease purely by looking at the actual, you can do CT scans, look at the lungs and see the shattered glass effect or the complete whiteout of, by the fluid, the double pneumonia that doesn't even happen in the most severest cases of double pneumonia that we have uh, here. So. So, to, to, so the diagnostic tool bit is that basically, if you think of it like this, because of the, the problem for false negatives, it's a, what's called a preliminary diagnostic tool. You, you must have the same thing in America. If you get pulled over and they think you're drinking, they make you do a breath test, don't they, at the side yeah. of the road. But that in itself, that's not admissible evidence in court, is it? You have to go to the station and then they do a blood test and it's the blood test that you actually get done on. Same thing. So think of it like that. So yeah. all this... Oh, that's a good way. I mean, I, I've never heard it explained like that. So thank you. Go ahead. I mean, that's the thing. And again, again I, I understand people's misunderstandings over it. But basically what they're doing is they're looking at it with a very, very biased and glint. Because again, they said four months ago that this didn't exist. <laughs> then they said it was the flu. And then they've got to come up with some other explanation for all these people dying. And what they're saying is that basically... Um, Doctors and nurses are killing them, and that's despicable, right? Because basically, A, it's not true. How would that even happen? How would that even happen? That all these doctors and nurses, like, I've had people and on the phone. And they're saying, you know, they're giving uh, the financial incentive to, to interview. Well, you the know, but the thing is. Thing, like, there is an element of truth to that as well. But the thing is, the doctors and the nurses and the hospitals don't get to keep that money. Well, that's what I, what I wanted to get at. Like, the, you know, these are people that I know. These are people yeah. that a lot of the people listening know. You know, they know doctors, they know nurses, they know people that work at hospitals. Yes. So to say, you know, that these are the people that are killing people, like, that's, 
kind of not, you know, it's, it's not, just, it's not difficult. Difficult. And you know why, um, who, who's being pushed by it? Same people, same group of people who we're going to come on to in a minute, right, basically. But the whole point is so that the government doesn't get blamed because the government had the policy of moving ill people into care homes. The government didn't provide PPE. The government didn't provide adequate measures to cope with this. The government just kept ignoring it and dropping the ball and dropping the ball and dropping the ball. And then a load of people died. So now what they're going to try and do is basically say, oh, well, it wasn't us. It was it was the doctors and the nurses. You can only work with the tools that you get. And in America, that's just simply a way to basically say, oh, well, it wasn't Trump's fault then. And in the UK, it's a way to say that the government, it wasn't Boris Johnson and the government's fault. But furthermore, the government basically have been since 1982 trying to privatise the NHS, which is the free healthcare system that we have in the UK. And they've been doing this at the behest of everyone's favourite think tank, who are also behind all of this crap, the Heritage Foundation. Right. Again, this was done through the, the, through the Adam Smith thing. This is all back, going back to Reaganomics and the special relationship between Thatcher. The one thing that they weren't, uh, and Reagan, sorry, they, the, the one thing they weren't able to do was get the NHS. Thatcher tried at least three times to privatise the NHS and was blocked by her own MPs because she knew that basically, or they knew that it would be political suicide. And so what they've been doing ever since then is running down, putting in more middle management, mishandling and misappropriating funds. And then finally they've started basically saying, well, what we'll do is we'll just let this private company like look after this bit of it. We'll just let this private company look after this bit of it. We'll just let this like American company just take over this. Just, you know, just to, like take up the slack. And, and it's like, yeah, but that's exactly what you did with basically um, with every other industry, it's just leading towards privatization. Don't fall for it. Do not let these people get away with it. As again, like, you know, is it because of the lockdown? Is it because of this? You know what? The simplest explanation is that there is a virus out there, right? And just say, like, you and I know this because we know people that have caught it, right? Okay. Like other people, I still sympathize and understand that basically, you know, you've not had any contact with it and that you've not actually been affected by it. And, Good, good. I hope you don't. I really hope you don't have any problems with this or or any any problems. But but pretending that it doesn't exist. Come on, we're all. Where's the adults, Billy? Like seriously, like like some people have literally properly had nervous breakdowns to the point where they can't cope with reality, and they they don't want to. And so they're pretending that viruses don't exist and they, they never existed. Some people just so don't seem to like their family that much that so basically they just can't cope with staying inside and and are literally just champing at the bit and stuff like that. And I get it, but like the thing is, what I was taught when I was growing up is that the sort of measure of being an adult is coping coping with things that you don't have control over yeah. and just staying calm. That's why I have a completely different opinion to this to everybody else, because when everyone else basically jumped on it in the, the early of the year, they had to have an opinion. And people were, were having a go at me for not having an opinion. And I said, well, I don't know yet. I want to sit, wait and see. I will wait and see. And I was, like you, I was wary of the figures. I was wary of the swine flu. I was wary of the, um, the, the lockdown, the potential right. military aspect of it and stuff like that. But then I've been watching what's actually happened, right? And what has actually happened is that loads and loads of people have died because of government ineptitude slash policy, right? And furthermore, far more people have died than the government want to let on. Far more people have died. 
okay? And they're low-balling the figures. And just the very fact that they're low-balling the figures should be enough for people to go, right, okay, well, then it's not about frightening people, is it? It's not about this. It certainly wasn't planned because they're just ballsing it up totally. Well, well you're, you're going to get people on the other side of the argument to tell you that they're not, they're not low-balling the figures, they're, they're actually inflating the figures. What do you have to say to something like that? Well, they're not. I mean, basically every indication where you can see why it's, it, it boils down to the misunderstanding. It, it would be impossible to inflate the figures because of what we spoke about previously, the IF7 codes. You have to have tested positive for the disease right. and um, died in a hospital. And even on IO71 forms, don't get it twisted. That's not the cause of the disease, of death. The, the COVID is the contributing factor which caused pneumonia, which caused ARDS, uh, uh, I forget what it is, you know, the, the, um, the what's it called? The, um, the, 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 the lung thing where basically you can't breathe. I can't, I can't know what it's called. But again, you can go and look at this. So this is what I did. When everyone says, see, they're fiddling the stats, they're fiddling the stats. I went and looked at it. You look at the CDC and the, the World Health Organization and the DCHS in, in, in the UK and see how they're recording the figures. And it's like they're not. And if they wanted to inflate it, as we said earlier, they'd use either the IO72 codes or they'd use the, um, the, the excess deaths. They're not. They're pretending that hasn't happened. And I'll tell you more as well. Like, they're not doing enough testing. So lots of people are dying that aren't having a test that possibly died of this. And again, it boils down to actually people misunderstanding about how this virus actually kills you. It's, as we keep saying, it's an immune suppressant. Like, and people go like, there's several things. Oh, it's only killing old people. It's like, it tends to kill old people, yeah. Oh, well, we should just lock up old people or it doesn't matter. It's like, it's not Logan's run, you know. And like, people that keep saying, oh, but it's just affecting old people. It's like, yeah, if your grown got ran over in the street, you wouldn't go, ah, she was old, ah, whatever. <laughs> like, sorry, mate, no worries, mate. Just drive on, drive on, son. Like, no, you'd be annoyed because your gran was dead. Right. Okay. And that's like, like my friend, she's very annoyed that her gran is dead. She, of course, she's old and people die. But the woman who took two, uh, two streets across, she was 50. She's overweight and had asthma. And she's got two kids now who are never going to see her again. Right. And, and so this is why it, I think it's desperately, desperately irresponsible what some people are doing. Um, and they really shouldn't be doing it. Um, and you're right, man. And, and it sucks. It, it really sucks. Right. Cause um, you, you want to, you, you want to bring people the right information or at least, you know, mind stimulating information, but you don't want to, you, you don't want to just point people in the wrong direction, man, just because you think something's up. Like, I mean, this is new to everyone, you know. Yeah. And Neil has done a, a, a incredible deep dive on all of this. I want to ask you why, to be honest with you. Like, I mean, I, I know you, point. I know what you do, you know, and, and, and I know how you research. So that's why I take what you say, uh, you know, I, I, into account all the time. I'm like, if Neil's saying it, there's probably something behind it. Because I know what you do, you have a reputation. But I mean, everybody else, you know, we're, 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 we're like trying to figure this shit out, you mm -hmm. know trying to figure this shit out. And a lot of people don't have the time to do the deep dives the way you do. So, I mean, it's just a very, I don't know. I don't know, Neil, man. It's, it's such a screwed up situation, man. Well, I'll tell you for why I did What's it. Right, okay. Because basically it's the right thing to do. People are being given misinformation. And although this misinformation is comforting, right. Okay. It's completely wrong. And I sat there and I watched it. And first off, basically it was the false hope 
the first thing that, that came out was basically, oh, it's no longer considered a, a HC, which is called a high consequence infectious disease. And everyone said, well, it can't be dangerous then if it's not a HC. And so I looked at what a HC is. And it's more to do with classification. Basically, what it says is that a HC is something like Ebola, which has an incredibly high death rate of 20% or above. Right, and cannot be easily tested for. And even at that time, we, we, we discovered the genome, it had been isolated, so we could test for it. So it just can't fit in that category. So it's in the second category down. But what everyone was going was that basically, oh, it's not a HCID, there's no reason for anyone to panic. And it's like, yeah, typhus isn't a HCID either. Right, okay. Um, typhoid isn't a HCID. Malaria isn't a HCID. But you don't want any of those things. <laughs> what it basically means is that basically rather than, rather than fighting Mike Tyson, you, you're fighting Deontay Wilder or, 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 or I don't know. Clint I got it. No, it's, it's got a, the Matrix. You're fighting a smaller person, but they're still going to kick your head in. Yeah. Right, okay. And, and so that's why I jumped on it. And then I'll tell you for why as well. It's because I was incredibly disappointed. I was incredibly disappointed with people that went the whole nervous breakdown crap and started basically saying that viruses don't exist or even entertaining that as a, as, as a viable theory. Because I knew, as you pointed out, three months ago they didn't think that. So what happened? And then I was even more disappointed when basically cracks started to appear in some of these celebrity doctors that came forward and stuff like that and, and people like yourself were pointing out and I was pointing out this guy's a con man this guy's lying about this this guy's uh, trying to rip you off this guy is taking advantage of your goodwill for money and rather than everyone go oh yeah no brilliant Billy that was absolutely fantastic thank you for pointing out this this con man before we got before we actually fell for it and everyone went Stop it, stop it. And the same thing happened to me with, with when, when I talked about um, uh, Cambridge Analytica and Trump and Brexit, because people were invested in Trump. And my friend came up with the best explanation for it. He says, it's like you've turned up at a, a children's party and you've told the parents that you've recognised that the clown that they've hired is a known paedophile. And rather than them say, oh, thanks, Neil, we'll get rid of the clown then, everyone's turned around and shouted at you for ruining the birthday party. <laughs> you've missed the point by a country right. mile and yeah. so when you were getting like when you say let's come on to all these guys so andrew kaufman right okay i checked you know he's still i checked the other day again just to make sure he's still charging exactly the same a thousand dollars an hour right i you can vouch for this because i sent you the, the copy of the email i emailed him and I said, I have COVID symptoms. I'm thinking of going to the hospital. What should I do? And he emailed me back and he says, no, no, don't do that. Don't go to the hospital and get a test or anything. Book an appointment with me for a thousand dollars. I'll chat to you over Skype and we'll get rid of your exosomes. And he said that and he said, but the problem was that the appointment was in three weeks. Mm. He could kill someone with advice like that. He could genuinely kill someone with advice like that. That is the most despicable piece of shit move that anybody could do. And charging, right, let's just get into it, right? okay. He's not an expert on viruses. He's a fraud. He's an absolute fraud and a charlatan, right, okay. He, like, he admitted in the interview with Judy, uh, Judy Mikovits, well, I've never actually studied viruses. It's like, right. I can't fucking tell. Because the first thing that came out of his mouth was that he was taught at medical school that you cannot pass 
a zoonotic virus over from an animal to a person. That's bullshit. And anybody that disagrees, again, let's do my documentary. And you can be the rabies guy on it if you want. <laughs> Nobody will, but will put their money where their mouth is. And he's just simply a liar. Okay. So his main point was that basically he looked at a picture of exosomes and he looked at a picture of COVID, which is weird because apparently COVID doesn't exist, but basically whatever. Like, and he said, oh, it looks the same. It looks the same, right? Aside from the fact that you do know that's not how they test for viruses. They don't look inside you and go, oh, that looks like a virus, right? Okay. So that's idiotic. The, the exosomes are these tiny, tiny balls, right, okay? And he thought that they looked like the glycoproteins, which are like the crown-shaped spikes that come out the edge of the, of, the, uh, of the coronavirus. But they don't. The coronavirus contains the cell in the middle and the spikes. The exosomes are the tiny things that were coming out of this, this, this cell. And what he, the idiotic thing is, the cell they promote showing that viruses don't exist the exosomes are coming out of a virus. It's an Epstein-Barr virus. He just didn't bother to read the blurb at the bottom of the picture. And again, I'll send you the paper. I've checked it. I've double-checked it. You've seen McCann check right, right. and people like that. He doesn't know what he's talking about. He literally doesn't know what he's talking about. He, he, he fabricated he fabricated the uh, quote from Carrie Mullis saying that basically um, this doesn't test for viruses. And he completely got wrong the concept um, of um, uh, what James Hildreth said. So when James Hildreth said that basically this virus is an exosome in all uh, cases, uh, which apparently led him onto this school of thought, he was talking specifically about how HIV uses the Trojan horse mechanism to remain undetected. And what's embarrassing is that Hildreth's come out on Twitter at least twice and said, Dr. Kaufman's an idiot. He doesn't know what he's talking wow. about. Viruses cause this disease. End of story. And the other thing that he does is he basically says that this, this, the PCR test is no good for detecting a virus from Carrie Mullis. That's a real quote. But again, what he's done is he's quote-minded, right? He's, he's from a far longer paragraph talking about for the detection of HIV. And you and I and everybody knows HIV is bloodborne. So you cannot, cannot test it through spit. It's why you can't catch it from kissing, okay? So he's just a liar. He's a liar that doesn't know what he's talking about, that basically um, just decided because he was struck off first embezzling and stealing Amazon vouchers, which is in Ohio, um, and then he was struck off with something else in North Carolina. And then if you look at his psychiatry um, uh, ratings on uh, what doctor in America? He's got one out of five, eight times, and no other. And so basically, he's jumped on this and decided that basically, like uh, people who are nice and kind and want to help, will listen to this comforting bullshit and they will pay him a thousand dollars an hour just to this basically to feel some comfort. And the problem is that he's going to hurt somebody. He's giving stupid advice. He's giving well. He's basically just lying. He's just simply lying. And, and the fact that he would charge so much for it and claim to have any expertise on the subject when he basically admits that he has no expertise on the subject is bullshit. And I'll tell you for nothing as well, this is, this is indicative of his character, right? Okay, I've pointed out where he's wrong about the science and now I'm going to point out where he's a very, very despicable person. And aside from all of those other cases which should lead you to believe that this is not an honest man, he's claiming that he's been sacked. He got sacked, right, um, for refusing to wear a mask at work. I sent you his LinkedIn. On yeah. his LinkedIn, it says he's been self-employed 
um, working at Syracuse U uh, University as a self-employed psychiatrist for the last six years. So again, this is just an easily, easily checkable lie. Um, and it, it's just, again, it's just despicable. Also, um, he, um, he, he, um, he, what was this thing, he lies? He says that the CT values are higher than 35, then the signal for the background fluorescence is heightened, so the CT is blah, 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 blah. Again, it's just bullshit. He just, he lies about the figures and he lies about the, the, the qualities of the test. When he says that basically you can't isolate, these, the, the, they never isolated the virus purely from the fluid. What he's doing there is he's a stupid thing where people go, oh, right, okay, fair enough. You, you don't, you, yeah, a, yes, they did, but B, what they did was they, what you have to do is take that and put it onto a bit of, um, um, you know, of a, onto a cell in order for it to um, culture, in order to, for you to be able to bring out this virus so that you can detect it from the fluid. That's the standard way of testing it. And he's saying, oh, no, this isn't the way it's It's like, you're a liar. It's, you're just lying. You're, you're talking about purification. What's yeah, the yeah. deal with that? Sorry? What's the deal with that? That's what they talk about, that it hasn't been purified. Because it hasn't been completely the purification is basically after you've cautioned it and filtered it down, it's basically to get the pure uh, kind of the virus. And what they're saying is, ooh, it shows a photo of it. And show it. It's like... Viruses don't just exist free floating. You've got to show them in some fluid or in something. So yeah. they're, they're mixing up what purified and isolated means, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. These are the steps of Koch's postulates, or actually more accurately, Rivers' postulates. And basically, like again, in the New England Medical Journal, it's said we've only done the first three stages, uh, which which includes the isolation. Like, but uh, but basically, we've got Koch's postulate. And and, and Rivers has been fulfilled, as far as I know. Absolutely, one hundred percent. As we, right. we said earlier, it's been uh, it's been transfected through monkeys. It's been uh, uh, and and then retracted from monkeys hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of times. Again, this was a classic case of basically people jumping on it in February and saying, "Well, this paper is not fulfilled all six steps." It's like no, it never pretend, never pretended to. Or unfortunately, the one that came out in March did. But this is what everybody's doing. They're just ignoring it. They're ignoring it and sticking to this nonsense about, well, it's exosomes and that viruses are a natural response to your body. And that boils down to a misunderstanding about how viruses work and basically, again, nobody wanting to check. Well, this is, they're, they're misunderstanding symptoms. When you have a virus, the, the symptoms that you get, whatever that be, be that a sniffly nose or runny nose or a sore throat or a cough or whatever, that's not the virus. That's symptoms of the virus. That's the virus being attacked by your white blood cells and the response is that basically you get ill or you get the symptoms of illness. And so it's just, again, it's people just completely misunderstanding the science behind it. And basically listening to somebody who doesn't know what he's talking about, has a financial incentive and has a background that indicates that he's an incredibly despicable and dodgy character. And I have personal evidence that, that again, he, he's giving out dangerous advice that could actually kill people. No, man, I, I thought it was, um, man, that, that, that story that you told about emailing him, telling him that you had COVID and uh, the response you got back, man, that's very questionable. It's to think, isn't it? Like, uh, you know what any re respectable person would have done would, would say, well, go to the hospital, make sure you're all right. And then call me and spend a thousand dollars. And you know, if you'd have done that, then I'd gone, all right, fair enough, you're all going to make a living. I mean, it's extortion and it's basically ripping people off and it's playing on people's most base fears in the most 
repulsive money grabbing way that I can think. But hey ho, you know, it's a mean world, isn't it? Like, you know, cold outside, bundle up. But he didn't do that. And you know who else didn't do that? Dr. Butar. Now, to be fair to him, Dr. Butar, when I sent him exactly the same email, he only wanted to charge me $450 for an hour's Skype. Nice. But bearing in mind, bearing in mind that, um, to be fair to Kaufman, he did actually get uh, finish medical school. He just was apparently very, very bad at it and bounced around in different sort of sections before finally going for it. Because in America, when you get struck off in one state, you can go to a different state. So, so New York is the third state that he's actually set up practicing. Um, and, it's, and it was a new thing when he started it. So he's just gone, well, let's fuck it up. Let's go try it here. Butar's even worse. Butar's an osteopath. Right, okay, and, and he claims to be a doctor. He's never come even close to being a doctor. And all those mem those fellowships that he's a member of, like it's like FAMB, BABD, and all this, these letters and numbers behind his name. I checked all those places out. <laughs> he sent every single one of them up himself. Every single one. In some of them, he's the only member. Right. So, you know, if you're having to dress up in a white lab coat, which osteopaths don't do, and spout the lines, right, okay, and, and, and have fake qualifications, and just repeat the same shit that, um, that Andrew Kaufman repeats, then you're an idiot, and you're a fraud, and you're a liar, and it's worse than that. Butar's been taken to court for malpractice on at least four occasions. Uh, did I send you the thing that, like, what he, what he was doing, he does chelation therapy, but what he was also doing was he was telling cancer patients that he could prolong their life and or cure them of cancer, right, by injecting them directly into their bloodstream with household bleach. Jesus. What is it with yeah, the bleach? Jesus Christ. Like, and it gets worse. It gets worse. In, in eight of these patients, who all died, obviously, because, you know, Injecting people with bleach doesn't work, right? <laughs> Particularly household bleach by an osteopath. Um, but when these eight people died, um, class act that he is, Dr. Butar, chased their widows up for tens of thousands of pounds. Because these treatments cost like, you know, thirty, forty thousand dollars $40,000 at a time, right? To do something that has no clinical benefits, doesn't prolong the life, and actually causes discomfort in the patients. And then to, to like offering them false hope that they might survive this terminal disease. And then when they do die, sending bailiffs, bailiffs after their relatives to recover the money. Incredible, man. He's a shit, isn't he? Like, and this is, these are your heroes. These are the people that basically everybody's uh, jumped on. And I'll tell you for what, right, okay? All these people that are promoting them and they're like, you know, are you know who you fucking are. Like, all you people who've got your shows and stuff like that. Two things. A, come on, check these people out. Look at their actual backgrounds and, and, and show a little bit of discernment. Admit you're wrong, for Christ's sake. And B, and this is going to stick in your craw, isn't it a bit weird that they're bigger than you, that they're more popular than you, that they're, they've got more backing than you? You don't think this is weird that four people come out of nowhere all saying the same shit, basically pumping the same lie, and every single one of you fell for it? Come on. Just, just have a fucking word with yourself because it's just ridiculous. But yeah, again, you can check that out. Dr. Butar's stuff is all over um, Quack Watch. He was involved as well with that woman that pretended uh, pretended to not be able to. She had dystonia or something. This was a famous case, and she got caught. The, the no, no, I, don't, I don't know. 
just again, it just pertains to the fact that this man is a shady, shifty guy that's just involved in loads of grifts. And again, they're lying to you to get money off of you, lots and lots of money, like $1,000 an hour, $450 an hour, right, for a Skype call, right, that will actually be detrimental to you. If you want to do that, you go, you go nuts. You go absolutely nuts. But like, if you can't see the con, then please, you know, come to our website. Uh, because I've got innumerable bridges for sale. Like, so many bridges, <laughs> I believe it. Like, Dr. Sheba's another one who's popped up, pretending to be a doctor. He is a doctor in as much as he's got a PhD, but he's a doctor of computer modeling. Now, he's running for Senate, okay? Uh, and apparently, now, I was just quite prepared to overlook that, that he's desperately trying to curry favor with Trump. And how's he doing that? By basically saying the same shit. Oh, it's people who are murdering the, 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 the doctors that are murdering them. It's only the flu. He, he deleted a video, but his first video that he put up was teaching you how to cure yourself of COVID by putting a hot hairdryer in your mouth and putting it on full. Now, I don't know if anyone's seen this film, this obscure Japanese torture porn called Red Room, but that's one of the tortures in it, right? Okay. And this is the thing that clever Dr. Shiva recommended. Right. So basically, he's a doctor of computer modeling, and everyone seems to have overlooked the fact that basically he's worked with Pfizer, or he's desperately trying to work with Pfizer in order to make a sort of computer algorithm that, that means that they can rush drugs to um, the market quicker than, than would normally. You don't need to go through the animal tests because this computer program will tell you if it's safe or not. No one seems to think that's a bit cagey. Everyone seems to overlook that. The other thing that, that is dodgy about Shiva is, uh, again, he just repeats the same lies, the same bullshit, the same nonsense that the, the, the previous two do. Um, he pretended to invent email. That's like his claim to fame. Like, that's just fucking, you know what he, he reminds me of? He reminds me of that bit in um, Austin Powers. He would lie, he would gamble, he would drink, he would make up obscure tales like he invented the question mark. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you didn't invent email. Like, come on. Like, <laughs> anybody takes this in. Oh, it's like, was it Romeo and Michelle's reunion? With the pretend, let's pretend that we invented post-it notes. Nobody knows who invented that. It's like, come on. Like, anyway. He went to trial twice because basically, because he pretended to invent email, two magazines, Gorka and Tector, just did pieces just taking the mickey out of him, just saying, look at this liar. Like, why would anyone trust this moron that basically pretends to have invented email? Um, and when he, he jumped on the Tector, the Gorka um, thing, his co-defendant, or his co, not defendant, his co-accuser in this lawsuit was none other than Peter Tile. Mm. Peter Thiel of Palantir and InQtel, uh, you know, the CIA-funded guy that's behind the Panopticon data mining organization. And basically, Peter Thiel got a, 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 a bug in his hat about Gorka because Gorka had published um, a story saying that Peter Thiel was gay, which he is, but he doesn't want people to know. So he tried to sue them. Um, and it didn't actually work, but what happened, people think that it worked because Gorka went out of business. And it was that thing that was involved, um, the um, uh, Hulk Hogan sex tape as well, right, it was, right. it was all, all connected to it. Basically, they just decided it wasn't profitable anymore and so sold, sold on. So, so, um, uh, so yeah, Dr. Shiva lost that, that lawsuit. And he also took TechDirt to court. TechDirt was another online uh, magazine that still exists. Um, and we never guess who paid for his, uh, for his, um, 
uh, for his trial in, on that one. Oh. Those, those, those darling uh, people, the Koch brothers, oh. right? So, so, so Dr. Shiva is running for Senate. So he's basically just running interference with Donald Trump and trying to create favor with Donald Trump. He's a doctor of computer modeling, which apparently we don't like because we don't like Dr. Ferguson's predictions, but it's all right when he makes predictions. He's connected to Pfizer. Oh my God, what a connection there. Go ahead, continue. Sorry. Absolutely. Wow. This is the point. Like, you know, he's connected to Pfizer from, from his modeling thing. This is what he's trying to do. He's trying to sell to Pfizer. He's connected to the Coke brothers and he's connected to Peter Tile. And everything that comes out of his mouth is an absolute lie. So there you go. Again, there's your hero. You really should have checked him out, to be quite honest. Uh, and again, I'm not just character assassinating him. I'm pointing out that this is a very, very despicable and distrustful person. I've already wiped the floor because basically they just repeat the same shit that Kaufman says, which is just simply not true. He has been isolated. Exosomes don't function in the way that it, it does, uh, that he claims. Viruses do pass. He's fabricated the Carrie Mullis uh, uh, quote. He's fabricated the, the, the Hildreth quote. And he lies. He says stupid shit like COVID-19. It's called COVID-19 because there were 18 previous ones. He sounds a bit like Crichton from Red Dwarf, actually. Um, but anywho, um, <laughs> anywho, he just fucking lies. Yeah, and the other point yeah, is Neil Sanders is, is dropping bombs here today, ladies and gentlemen. That's what he's here to do, to drop <laughs> bombs, okay? Listen, I just want to I just want to say one thing before you continue, right? And uh, if, if anybody, I, I don't even know if you can find this on the internet anymore because it's been taken down. But if anybody still subscribes to anything Dr. Kaufman has, has said, uh, just go watch him and Judy Mikovits. Because mm -hmm. Mikovits sits there and constantly reaffirms that she's worked on viruses and that viruses are real. And Andrew Kaufman never once pushed back, never once challenged her, never once said, hey, uh, actually viruses aren't real. You know, and uh, they treated each other with kid gloves, in my opinion, for that interview. Oh, you should go find it if you can. That was so obvious that basically they didn't want to bugger up each other's grift, despite the fact that essentially they, they came from diametrically opposed positions. Somehow they managed to basically just agree. Right. And it was, it, was, it was comical. It was absolutely comical and just pointless, that, that entire like, thing. It was just literally like, it was just, yeah, it was a circle jerk of, of massive proportions. And it was just, let's say, just ridiculous. But, my, but yeah, sorry. So just before you basically got on this tip, one of his other failed business operations, right, okay, was that he wanted to, um, rather than uh, prisoners being monitored, like, by a human being on suicide watch, which is one of the few things, you know, human comfort and stuff like that tends to perhaps stop you going over the edge and also basically there's someone there to help you. What instead Kaufman was proposing was trying to sell to the state of New York was an earpiece that monitored the vital signs of the person. It was robbed, it was again, it was nicked from someone else's theory and it wasn't particularly good. But here's the interesting thing it ran specifically on 5G networks. Incredible. 5G huh? networks, which Andrew Kaufman now claims causes the exosome response, which apparently has been picked up by these tests. It's just so full of shit, it's just untrue. Like, it's just ridiculous. Just and he was there with Andrew Cuomo too, right? We, we can find pictures of him and Andrew Cuomo shaking hands. Yeah. That, that was it. That was when he was basically desperately trying to, um, uh, to, to sell it to people. I mean, it just didn't like pan out because, I mean, it's very dystopic actually, that it's, it's, a, it's, a, mon it's a human monitoring device. Like, it's exactly the sort of thing that basically, like, that would come out of, like, you know, the, the nastiest aspects of the Chinese regime at the minute. 
it's you know it's personal it's like a microchip but it's in your ear rather than in your bloodstream like it's no different right. it's a tracking device again everyone seems to be perfectly happy to just overlook that one because again he's giving you psychological comfort he's, he's tying off the knot he's getting rid of that uncertainty and he's saying that basically you don't need to be worried and we're saying you don't need to be worried but you do need to be wary and you do need to avoid charlatans like this one take your money but they'll also actually could end up killing you right so dr judy she's the last one well she's got this another guy actually there's a guy let's do him first actually because like this will piss people off we've got Cop 10 minutes left brother just just giving you a heads up that way you right, can cool. knock, whatever you want to knock out right. basically he's another one that's come out and doing this whole he again exactly the same thing he started off by saying it wasn't serious no one was dying then he changed to saying oh it's just the flu it's no worse than the flu then when people started dying basically he started saying oh well it's obviously that they're being murdered by the doctors and nurses murdered murdered <laughs> like you look into his background and basically you go oh he's written books about how he wants to privatize the nhs so it's pretty apparent that basically this book is a he's fucking lying again right but b all he's doing is he's using this as a, as a way to hammer the, the nhs and people go no he doesn't want to privatize the nhs yes he does yes he does he specifically says he says that basically see if you can see the inherent flaw in this one didn't he, right right okay £2,000 it costs for the average um, uh, private health care. And he says, well, why don't we take, uh, and it costs uh, apparently this £1,500 um, uh, per person allocated in the budget of the NHS, right? which is why it's so desperately underfunded. So he says, take that, take that £2,000 or whatever, and, um, sorry, the other way around, but take the £2,000 and you can buy everyone in the country private health care. And it's like, Oh, you dumb bastard. You do understand how private healthcare works. For a start, if you've got pre-existing conditions, they don't have, you know the reason that they're so low is because nobody ever uses them. So they make a profit off of that. Cancer treatment costs about 30 to 50,000 pounds a year. Who the fuck's gonna pick up that extra money from that? Like, it's so stupid. And I'll tell you what's even worse about it is it's a bait and switch. It's exactly the same thing that Thatcher Thatcher used to, to get us to get rid of the trains and the water and that. Oh, the money that we spend on the public, if we gave that to a private firm, then they would do it better. You know why private hospital is, is good, right? Because it's exclusive, because people don't use it. If you overwhelm the system and it becomes a utility, not only do you not have the funds there to actually fund it to the same level, but it will, it, you can't possibly give the same level of, of, of service. So, and he knows that, he's not stupid. He knows that and he just doesn't care. So he's basically, again, lying, giving you false information and his background agenda is to privatize the NHS. Dr. Judy, it's dead straightforward, Dr. Judy Mikovits. She's a liar. She's just a she's just a liar. She's a failed scientist and a liar, right? What happened? And again, don't take my word for it. Go on PubMed because you can find all the papers that she wrote. She got picked up by this wealthy benefactor whose daughter had um, uh, yuppie flu. Um, I can't remember. Uh, uh, that's sorry, that's a disrespectful name for it. But the um, the the fatigue, chronic fatigue syndrome. And basically, so she was looking into a cure for chronic fatigue syndrome. Oh, right, right, right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, salute to her. Good for her. That's a very good thing to do. Unfortunately, she became fixated on this thing called XMRV, which is murine leukemia, right? She thought that viruses or, or sort of like some infection from mice 
was the cause of every single disease. She'd got it into her head that this was the precursor for HIV and, uh, and um, other, uh, other types of cancer and blah, blah, blah. And she just got it into her head that XMRV was the cause of chronic fatigue syndrome. So she put in this paper with a massive team of people and then she, she sort of stood there waiting to, to get her glory. And then when the peer review process went through, they basically said, we're so sorry, you've bugged up here. Like, it appears that you've, you've contaminated your, 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 your source. So this is, this is just not going to work. Never mind, these things happen. Please do the experiment again. And the rest of the, the team went, yep, these things happen. We'll retract the paper. Let's do it again. And Judy Mikovits, through a hissy fit, got sacked for being unprofessional, refused, refused to do her experiment again, stole a laptop and some office equipment and got arrested for it. And so what she tells me now is that she was thrown in prison for six months. She didn't spend a day in prison. She's a liar. She's, she's thrown in prison for telling the truth. And the problem is that you can go on PubMed and you can see her team without her doing the experiment again and failing. And then you can see six or seven other different universities, different laboratories from all over the world trying this experiment again and every single one failing. And so Julie Michaels is just simply a liar. So she's lied about her situation, she's lied about her credentials, she's lied about the results of this, this thing. And now she basically is just trying to, she's, she's weird because she's trying to do the, the anti-vax thing, whilst also saying that vaccines work, whilst aligning herself with the terrain theory people, whilst saying that everything, including this virus, is caused by XMRV. And she can't decide, she flips between interviews, or sometimes sentence to sentence, whether it's caused right. by vaccines and injected into you in some sort of diabolical Nazi plot, or whether basically it's in people's breath and, and in coughed out. But for some stupid reason, she says that even though it's coughed out of your breath sometimes, don't wear a mask because a mask will make you infect yourself with the virus. And it's like, you know, if you've got a mask on and you're breathing stuff into the mask and it's going back into your body, it's come from your breath. It was already in your body. It was already in so fucking thick. <laughs> like, honestly, mate. But that's that's so. So that's it. I think we've rinsed pretty much all of them. And and basically everybody else seems to be. Oh no, sorry. Erin uh, Oliswitz, liar, liar, absolute liar. Finance Florida um, for action or something. Again, it's a pro-Trump political group. It's aligned with the Koch brothers and the Heritage Foundation. She got sacked, sacked for basically accusing a colleague of murder. And even in that video that's put out, she lies. The bit where they've got, how have they got two negative PCR tests and yet they've been uh, tested for, um, for this? Well, I'll tell you for, for why. Exactly what I said earlier. PCR tests are preliminary diagnostic tools with a 30% uh, false negative. So it's entirely plausible for them both to come back negative. And then a serological test of proteins comes back positive. So she, and she knows this. She's just trying to lie. And here's the stupid thing, because people can't even keep their narrative in check. Uh, the woman that comes out and says, oh, they're murdering people in the hospital. And that Erin Olsen, she says the same thing. You know the one thing that, that, that both of them seem to just completely bypass and ignore? The hospital's bloody full, isn't it? Yeah. I thought the hospitals were empty. Yeah. I, I brought that up, actually, on one of my shows that I did, man, um, because uh, somebody sent me that as evidence of yeah. why, why people were dying. And it's nonsense. It's and nonsense. Uh, I was like, well, you know, 
the person who sent me that said that viruses didn't exist. I was like, well, you know, they clearly say the viruses exist here. Uh, so why are you sending me this? And uh, the hospital's full. <laughs> it's full of people. Okay, so um, what, what are we doing here? What are we, what are we saying? That hospital at that time was full of people on the inside. It wasn't a war zone, and that's what happened here. The, the, the media played it out to be a war zone. They made it look like it was like, I mean, freaking Vietnam, bro. Yeah, yeah. No, and, and it, and it right. wasn't that. It wasn't that. And that's why it, it planted doubt in, in the heads of people. And this is why we're here today. Go ahead. Yeah, precisely, precisely. And I get it. I totally get it, right? Okay, I, I do understand people's doubts because they said their personal experience and the media hyping it and the blah, blah. And that backfired as well because basically you've got the media hyping it up to the extent where basically people don't believe it. And then you've got doctors who actually, it's not a war zone, but it's not pretty in there and it's bloody full and stuff like that. They're doing vlogs on YouTube and stuff saying like, no one believes what I'm doing. Like no one's actually believing it. And uh, like this is the this is the thing for all everyone who's like, I've researched it. It's like, have you, you've watched Calpin and Shiva and um, Dr. Stella, and you've lots of watched all these lies and stuff like that. Have you actually bothered to try and disprove what you're saying? Go out there and look at the vlogs of the doctors who are working full time. Actually, listen to what Carl Sidel is saying rather than take that tiny second out where it says it's like, like nothing we've ever seen before. Because that's not him saying it's not COVID. That's him saying this disease, COVID, is like nothing we've ever seen before. It's brand new. Is it the worst thing in the world? No, it's not. It's, not. it's very, very survivable if you do the right sorts of things. But this childish, infantile, let's pretend nothing is happening, it's not going to help anyone. It's not going to speed up the lockdown. It's not going to eradicate the disease. It's not going to do anyone any good at all. And it's just silly. And it's perfectly okay. I get it. But you know what? Since February, since March, we've got loads of stats. We've got loads of documentation. We've got loads of videos. We've got loads of people's personal stories. Okay. I'm as wary as, as and I'm sure you are, Billy, uh, as well, man, right. like of, of tyranny and tracking you and using this, using this pandemic, right, okay, uh, in order to get their nefarious way, be that steal your data or potentially lockdown or, you know, whatever, okay. But being aware of them taking advantage of the situation is not the same as pretending the situation. And I'll tell you for why, right, okay. Well, if the mainstream media says that this virus exists, it doesn't exist. And it's like, is that really the best way to look at things? Because the mainstream media said that Liverpool won the European Cup, right? And they did. I've checked it. So they're obviously sometimes tell the truth. Oh, let's so remember, you know, even take it back to 9-11, which is the reason I'm here. Yeah. Let's remember where that, that information came from. You know, not, you know, the hijackers alive and well, that was the BBC. Boom. You know, yeah, so, exactly. I mean, go ahead. Sorry. No, 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 you, you did, that, 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 you've, you've nailed my point exactly, I couldn't have said it better, because this is the point, to throw, people misunderstood this again, and Trump was a master at this, and I said this years ago, basically, when he first got in, don't fall for the fake news shit, because it's what dictators do, he's not actually telling you which is a trustworthy news source, he's telling you which is a news source that's going to play along with him. Right well, now, I was cynical of the news media and aware of the tricks of the news media as right. anyone, right? Okay, anyone I can 
point out where the headline doesn't match the story and where the story is, is sourced badly or where they've, they've, they've lied. I get all that, right, okay? But this is why you mustn't, mustn't narrow the media because basically there's enough problems with the media now that basically it's only when you've got the broadest thing that you're going to get a John Pilger or you're going to get... Uh, like you know, like um, uh, oh, every single journalist's name has just uh, uh, gone out of mind. Uh, um, Woodward, uh, Bob Woodward, and Bernstein. Uh, right. Bernstein, not Bob Woodward, apparently Bob Woodward. Yeah, yeah. but yeah, do you, do you know what I mean? You're not going to get these these champions of actually finding stories out because this is what people forget. Right? Okay. When I was getting into this, and when basically people were showing me my first glimpses of like people like Sir David Icke and whatnot and stuff like that, the thing that basically made me go, "This isn't bullshit," right? Okay, is that there were journalists, right? There were journalists. There were journalists looking at weird things, right? Okay, and journalists looking at things that the mainstream media weren't looking at, but they weren't making just blanket statements. They were they were backing it up with facts. Right. Saying, look at this and look at this and look at this. And I think that basically the problem is that because of the social media milieu that we're in and stuff like that, the, the instant need for information, the need to have information to win an argument and stuff like that, I think a lot of the fact checking has fell out of this. And I think that basically people are in a bind because they need to get contact out quick. And so they tend to not basically do the due diligence on, on, on what they're looking at. And this is why we're getting crap like Wayfair and Pizzagate and, uh, and, and, and crap like this, basically, that basically, oh, viruses don't exist. Like, it's because people are too willing and too eager to just go, okay. And the other point is that basically, you know what, if, if you and I completely disagree, I'm angry with these four doctors, right, okay, uh, because basically they're, they're, they're conning people. Uh, they are literally conning people, and, they're good, and, it, and it's irresponsible. At what point do we say that these people are responsible for death, right? Because someone will have taken that advice and died, right? So grow the fuck up, right, okay? But I'm not angry with the people that have fell for it. I'm slightly disappointed, and I think that basically, you know, that there's better evidence out there. But I, but I get it. And you know what? We could still be friends, right? Because that's the other point as well. Sides, sides and information and whose side are you on? And are you on? Like, and that, again, I'm, I'm telling you right now, all of that, all that divide and conquer, Q, all of this shit, it's, it's, it's JTRIG or it's Cambridge Analytica or it's some crap, right? Okay, I, was, I said to this you like uh, before, what happened, right, with um, Columbine and Virginia Tech was basically, we had the internet. The internet was becoming a new thing and people were sharing stuff. And we bloody nearly solved those ones, right, okay? So everything's come out since Sandy Hook, right, okay? What would be the best way to control it? You introduce red herrings. So right. you introduce bullshit about... Um, That's it right there, man. It's not being dead. And you introduce stuff about crisis actors and introduce stuff about the virus isn't real and all this fanciful, nonsensical shit. And it does two things, right? Okay, one, it limits limits the investigation to that so that you, you dismiss everything else. Anything else is misinformation. Uh, but on a broader sense, it makes you look stupid and it makes right. us look stupid. And what happens when people call you stupid? I know what's happening right now because you're getting cross. You're doubling down. You're going, fuck you, Neil. You don't know what you're fucking talking about. Right? I'm sorry, I do. Right? <laughs> That's the mechanism that they've instilled in order to get you into these echo chambers on the internet so that you basically just, just sit there and tell each other how clever you are.
Yeah, man, I got you, bro. I, I, that last, uh, I don't know, five-minute tirade you just went on summed up the entire podcast very well, man. It's exactly, um, it's exactly the thing. We're being made to look ridiculous. And, uh, and while we were on to some stuff, they just threw some stuff in there to throw us in the other direction. Just that simple. And with Trump and the fake news, I've come to a conclusion that what they want to do is as soon as he leaves office, man, and it's not him. Trump is just a figurehead, bro. Yeah. As soon as he leaves office, they're going to start the Trump News Network, ladies and gentlemen. And that will be the real news, not the fake news, because everything else is the fake news. That's the real news. That's what you need to that's be looking really at. That's really interesting. You do know that he was trying to, that's why right. he went for the presidential run in the first place. He didn't right. expect to win. He mm-hmm. wanted to um, launch his television channel. Exactly. Ah, I'm saluting that, Billy. That's gone right up my flagpole. That's a really, really stupid thing. Exactly. Right? Yes. exactly. And Bannon will be involved. And Moses oh. will be involved. The real and, news. Yeah. The real news network. Let's look forward to it. I'm going to be tuning in 100. I know some people that are going to be applying for jobs at the real news network. And, <laughs> not me, but, uh, but, but, but I do know some. Anyway, it's the Infinite Fringe. Neil Sanders, man. Thank you. And, and, and we're, we're going to pick that up, that little piece right there uh, for the Q burial, which hopefully you will be a part of at some point. We were supposed to yeah, not, yeah, we're not going to have time. I just wanted to let you go. You were on fire, sir. I don't think <laughs> I've ever heard you like this, to be honest with you. And I'm glad you did it here. Tell everybody where they can find your work, man. Um, Neil Sanders Mind Control dot com or uh, look me up on on Facebook. I am on Twitter, but I'm very barely on Twitter. Like I don't respond to messages and stuff on Twitter. I've just got on there to like attack Rudy Giuliani. Or <laughs> 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 well, find me on Facebook. Um, and um, yeah, and you know I'm quite happy to chat with people about anything. Like you know, so yeah, get in touch. Beautiful, beautiful. It's the Infinite Fringe. We'll see you soon. All right, take it easy. Stay safe. Get prepared. Bye bye.
astute. I really am trying to kill him, but so far unsuccessfully. He's quite wily like his old man. This is what I'm talking about. Okay, well, we've heard from you, Scott. Now, uh, you, tell us a little about yourself. The details of my life are quite inconsequential. Oh, no, please, please. Let, let's hear about your childhood. Yeah. Okay. Come on, come on. Come on, come on, Very well. Where do I begin? My father was a relentlessly self-improving boulangerie owner from Belgium with low-grade narcolepsy and a penchant for buggery. My mother was a 15-year-old French prostitute named Chloe with webbed feet. My father would womanize, he would drink, he would make outrageous claims like he invented the question mark. Sometimes he would accuse chestnuts of being lazy, the sort of general malaise that only the genius possess and the insane lament. My childhood was typical. Summers in Rangoon, luge lessons, in the spring, we'd make meat helmets. When I was insolent, I was placed in a burlap bag and beaten with reeds. Pretty standard, really. At the age of 12, I received my first scribe. At the age of 14, as a roastery named Vilma, ritualistically shaved my testicles. At the age of 18, I went off to evil medical school. At the age of 25, I took up tap dancing. I wanted to be a quadruple threat. An actor, a dancer. You know, we have to stop. 